Last couple of weeks, we've been looking at um, a series. The last few weeks, we've been looking at a series, Good, Great and Faithful. And, um, and this, is, this next series that I'd like to look at, just I'm not sure how long it's going to go for, probably three weeks as well. But um, the, the idea of faith, hope and love. And just unpacking what each one of those things are and why they're so important to a believer. Uh, why they're so important to anyone. Uh, but uh, particularly in the context of, I guess, following Jesus and what the Bible has to say about faith, hope and love. Because you could probably look it up in the dictionary and, uh, you know, hope. You, know, you, hope that, uh, you hope that Collingwood win the next grand final. But, you know, we'll just leave that there. But... Um, the biblical concept of hope might be a little bit different to that concept of hope. So I want to look at faith, hope, and love, and why they're important to the believer, and uh, see what God does. But um, tonight, I'd really love to be able to talk about the subject of faith, and um, what that means. Because faith is one of those words that, um, it has so many different meanings really so many different ways of viewing it because you know some people talk about the christian faith and and uh, they're really talking about a global thing or or a historical global thing where there's you know lots of people that are believers and they call that the christian faith Um, or um, some people might have faith in jesus and so saving faith um, there's that kind of saving faith. But, but faith, there's so many different, it's like a diamond almost. There's so many different sides of it. Uh, but for it to be real faith, it's, it's, it needs to be biblical faith. It can't just be faith in, for example, this chair I'm sitting in. I have faith that this chair will hold me up. You know, I've heard people talk about that, but, but faith is something deeper than that. It's, it's deeper than trust. So I want to, um, I guess, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to start with and look at this concept of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, the whole chapter, as you probably know, is a list of people in the history of the Bible, in Bible history, who have, who have done things and, and exercised faith. They've shown themselves to be faithful people, or people with faith in God. And if you look through the list, we've done a series on it a few years ago, I think it was. Um, There's actually quite an eclectic list of people uh, with all kinds of backgrounds and, um, you know, relatively decent people. And and some people that have just made some really bad choices in life, but still they had faith in God. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we read this. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Can I just read that again from the NIV? Faith, now, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith 
is being sure and certain of something that we cannot see, that we hope for. Now, if we were in a room uh, in church, I would ask somebody to, to, to hand me some hope, to pass me some hope. Where, where is the hope? Can someone throw me some hope, please? Did anyone bring hope to church today? Yeah, but, but yet we are, to, we are to have hope. We are to have faith. And faith is, is, is being sure. Faith is being certain. It, it's, a, it's a certainty and a, and, a, and a sure thing before you see it, before it makes sense. It's like what we were sharing about earlier in the service where we come to Jesus in prayer about a certain thing, a certain critical problem we're having some kind of contentious issue that's troubling our spirits or our hearts or our bodies or someone that we know their spirit, the heart or body. And we come to Jesus and we bring that problem to Jesus, that burden, that weight. And, and we, we bring it to him in prayer and we keep praying to that situation until we feel a release in our hearts that he's got it all in his hands. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. I remember when Sonia and I went over to Fiji one time. I remember um, there was uh, one of the people on our trip. It was a 10-day um, missions trip. We were helping, we, we were helping a, a, a Christian community to build a church. And um, we walked away from there as the ones being helped, really. And we, t- we learned some lessons about real faith and what it meant to really trust God. And... Um, one of the members of our team actually fell quite ill as we were there and um, really quite ill and, and we were going to call in a, um, a medivac helicopter for them. And, um, but he had great faith and he said, you just need to pray for me. And uh, he actually asked me to just put my hand on his, where the pain was, on his stomach I think it was, and, um, and just to pray. And so I just kept praying. I just kept praying. I just didn't know what to pray. I wasn't trained in, you know, that sort of thing. I just talking to God, just saying, God, you're actually, you're a big God. You can do this. I pray that you would do it. I pray that this would go and, you know, that he would be healed. And I just kept praying. And then I just stopped talking and just set my heart on the Lord and just kept my hand on his stomach and just kept praying. And, and, I, and I kept praying and praying until I felt like, everything's okay. Like it's just like this weight lifted off of my shoulders and I thought, everything's fine. It's great. He's going to be well. And so I stopped praying and walked out. And um, meanwhile, uh, he's still not feeling well at all. And then uh, word got out that, um, that I said to somebody that I had this sense in my heart that he was actually going to be healed and well. And I got in trouble by the guy who was who I was praying for because um, I didn't tell anyone that. I didn't tell anyone that that certainty that I had in my heart that um, how does how does the writer a sure thing in my heart. But when he heard that message, he was he was well, he was well straight away. It was amazing. 
And I was kind of humbled and privileged and that, um, yeah, that God would use me in that situation for him. And, and I certainly wasn't, um, yeah, I didn't see myself as some kind of spiritual guru, still don't, but that's, that's what faith is. You see, God, God picks people who have faith. God is attracted to people who have faith. Faith is, is, a, is a, a sure thing in the heart before it's ever anything in the eye or in the brain or in the hand. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. What are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? Faith is being sure of that thing. Now, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you're hoping for something good. Hopefully it's something that is in alignment with what God's will is. Because that's where, the, that's where it comes through. But a little bit further down in, in Hebrews chapter 11, we see here that, um, that God um, actually... He, he, he's, he's attracted to faith. We see all these people that they're, they're, they're just ordinary people who messed up from time to time. Like uh, we see Abraham, you know, he lied about his wife, Sarah, uh, but yet God still used him. And he's, a, he's an example of faith in the Bible to, to the Jewish community. In fact, he's the poster boy of faith. In verse 3, let's have a look at verse 3. It says, um, the, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was made out of what was, sorry, was not made out of what was visible. You see, that's how faith works. God created by speaking, speaking, just speaking, and, and what was in his heart and what he saw in his mind as in his plan, as he spoke it, it came into being. And, and we, by faith, understand that's the way God created. It's amazing. In verse 6, further down, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Who wants to please God? I want to be pleasing to God. I want, I want my life to be pleasing to God. Sometimes I get distracted, which is annoying. But if, if, if I want to be pleasing to God, it's impossible without faith. It's impossible without faith. But yet we see, we see time and time again people doing things in order to make God more proud of them. But it's impossible without faith. You can't please God without faith. And that's beautiful. What Jesus did for us is something that we couldn't do for ourselves. And we come by faith through Jesus to that beautiful relationship of friendship with God. And we are very pleasing to him. And just what God said to Jesus at his baptism, at his transfiguration, where he said, this is my son of whom I love. I'm well pleased with him. It's exactly how God sees us in Christ. We don't have to please him by works. We just please him by believing, faith. 
He loves, he loves faith. God loves faith. He loves to see faith in people. I want you to turn to Mark 5. We looked at Mark, didn't we, in the series last year, this, or this last year and the year before. Uh, but in Mark 5, there's a beautiful image of faith and how Jesus is attracted to it. Jesus is attracted to faith. All right? He, any, any, look, any single person that you, you can read about Jesus meeting, if there is a, just a glint of faith, Jesus is attracted to that. And he will stay there and listen to this person until he sees that faith grow. So here we see in verse 21, I want to go from verse 21, just following um, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. When one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. He fell in faith, right? He didn't fall in fear. Just a little bit before we see this de demonic man falling in fear. But here this man, the Jairus, the synagogue ruler is falling in faith. He's in desperate need to see his, what he's hoping for come into fruition. What he's hoping for is to see his sick daughter well. All right, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. She's dying and he doesn't want that to happen. And then it says in verse 24, so Jesus went with him. I love the word so, because that's why Jesus went with him. Because he came and fell and asked for something desperately. He believed that Jesus could do it. It didn't make sense to him. He's seen people dying before. He's, he's probably seen other children of his die, get sick and die. This is what happens. But he knows that it's possible. What he's hoping for is possible with Jesus. So he asks Jesus and Jesus sees that faith and so Jesus went with him. Jesus followed him. He followed faith. He followed Jairus, right? So here we go. Keep going. Verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. So here's Jairus leading the way to where he lives. Like Jesus doesn't know where he lives. And Jesus following him. And the disciples are around, there's a crowd around, and everyone's following him, all right? Everyone's following Jesus. But Jesus is following faith, okay? And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up with hope. She came up with an idea. What she hoped for was healing, right? I'm just, this is not in the Bible. I'm just stop there. What she hoped for was healing. What she hoped for was not being an outcast, not smelling like she did, not experiencing what she was experiencing, not being shunned every time she wanted to go visit a family member or go to the store or the market. What she wanted was complete and utter restoration. She wanted to be normal again. She suffered a great deal of bleeding, right? Under, under the care of many doctors, 
spent all she had. When she heard about Jesus, verse 27, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, here's the picture. Jesus striding towards Jairus' daughter to raise her to health because of the faith of Jairus. Right? So Jairus is in front. Jesus is following. And then this woman comes up behind and has this, this faith in her head, this, what she's hoping for to come to fruition. And she reaches out and touches just the hem of Jesus's garment. And Jesus turns around. Everyone's crowding in on him. And Jesus turns around. He turned around in the crowd. And then the disciples come out and say in verse 31, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. That's what God does. He looks around to find faith. He's always finding faith. He's always looking for faith. And it doesn't have to be in the church. It can be out on the street. And it doesn't have to be you know, in his face. It can just be like this woman. She's sneaking up behind him. Just a little bit of faith in a big God. And she reaches out and touches him. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And in verse 33, then the woman, <laughs> knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. She fell trembling, but she was whole and she was healed. And she could walk away with her head held high because she was now a part of the community and she didn't have to worry about what anyone would think about her because her condition was healed. Isn't that a beautiful story? How, how Jesus follows faith. Jesus is walking one way to heal and then all of a sudden someone with faith touches him and turns around. He turns around and he follows faith. But yet, even after that, in verse 34, sorry, uh, in verse 34, he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Your faith has healed you. I thought it was Jesus's power that brought healing. No, it turns out in the Bible, as it does today, that your faith heals you. Jesus's power is one thing. He's able to do what we, immeasurably more than what we could even ask or dream or imagine. It's up to the level of faith that you have and I have. But still, it's up to his power and it's up to his timing because Jairus came to him in faith and asked for a healing miracle for his daughter. But in the midst of all of that, walking to his house, 
Jesus was interrupted by great faith in a woman. And we now see in verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? They were asking for a miracle of healing. Jesus didn't come through, and now she's dead. So many times, I've prayed for healing, for loved ones, for family members, for people that are struggling with illness, that are dying. And, and God doesn't heal them. God doesn't heal them. But one promise of God that always comes through is God will resurrect. Jesus will resurrect. He says that he will. And everyone will be resurrected one day. Those to eternal life and those to eternal destruction. And I just love what when, when, these men come to G, when, when these men come to Jairus and say, why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus responds. And in verse 36, Mark writes, ignoring Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. That's the clincher. For Jesus, the most important thing is believing, is having faith. But yet what, what happens time and time again is the world gets in the way or distractions get in our way or just, you know, life gets in the way and we forget who Jesus really, really is. And what Jesus really, really follows. He is God and he follows faith. He's looking for faith. In fact, it says at the end of one of Jesus' parables, he talks about how when the Son of Man returns to earth, the second coming, will he find faith on the earth? Why would he, why would he ask that question? Because that's what he's looking for. That's what he's always looked for. He's never looked for works. He's never looked for per perfection from us. He's never expected us to follow the Ten Commandments and, you know, to the, to the nth degree and be awesome and perfect. He's never expected that. Those things were put there to show us that we can't measure up, that we can't have all the works to please God. We must have faith. And, and not just faith for salvation, but also faith in life. And the situations that we come across, like Jairus here. Jesus sees that Jairus could now respond with bitterness, with regret, with disappointment, and think, well, this Jesus, gee, I've heard so many stories. He's healed other people, but now he's just given up on my daughter. In fact, he's healed this dirty woman and my 12-year-old daughter. What's going on? But no, Jesus, ignoring what those people were saying, got Jairus to focus on faith. All right. It says in verse 37, he did not even he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. 
and went in where the child was. You know, this is a really beautiful picture about faith and, and the struggles that we have as believers to see the victory that we want in certain areas, to see that um, breakthrough in finances or in employment or in health or in relationships, to see that breakthrough. But then what happens is so many times someone comes our way and says, oh, don't bother Jesus. He's not really important. He's not, he's not interested in that. He, Jesus won't do that. You work, you work, work hard yourself and get, you know, make sure you get all those finances or, you know, give up on that relationship, walk away. And, and the world tells us different things about how to deal with the problems that come our way and how to get breakthrough in different ways. But really, Jesus knows exactly how to get breakthrough, especially in this significant spot here with this 12-year-old girl. The only way to get breakthrough, Jesus, can you see what Jesus is doing? He's, he's increasing faith by outing doubt. I think if you're ever going to doubt, just, just remind yourself that it, rem, that it rhymes with the word out. And what Jesus does here in, in verse uh, 40, after they laugh at him for saying she's only sleeping, and that's what we do sometimes, we laugh, we laugh at God. Sometimes we just think, oh, as if he's going to do that. You know, like Abraham and Sarah, as if we're going to be parents in our late years. You know, my husband's not 100 years old. How are we going to be parents? It's funny, you know. God must be have a sense of humor. Jesus doesn't laugh back. And so if Jesus doesn't laugh back when you're laughing, then um, guess who needs to change? Anyway, he says after, it says in verse 40, uh, but they laughed at him and after he put them out, he took the child's father. He got them out. In fact, this, this word in Greek is he, ex he, he exercised them like an exorcist. He, he cast them out of the room. Like doubt just could not, could, faith needs to flourish in a, in a beautiful atmosphere and doubt is just not part of that atmosphere. So let's just get it out. Let's just get them out. You know, all they're worried about is crying about the dead thing, the dead girl. She's not dead. She's sleeping. Let's have some faith here. Don't be afraid, he says to Jairus, just believe. Just believe. That's all you got to do. Just believe. And he took the father because he knows that he's believing and the mother because she is too. And the disciples who were with him just those three, Peter, James, and John. And he took them in to where the girl was. And he said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately this girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to tell, let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Faith can raise the dead. Faith can heal the sick. And that's exactly what that's and exactly what Jesus follows is faith. He's attracted to faith. In fact, while we're there, let's go down to Mark chapter 9. I know we've looked at Mark, but it's just such a good book. But Mark chapter 9 and verse 14 to 24. We see this another story of a man with a child. This is a father with his son. And it's just after Jesus has come down from the mountain of transfiguration with his disciples or the three disciples. And he's come down and, and the other disciples can't heal this man's son. They can't cast this demon out of this little boy. He's having seizures and sometimes it throws him into fire and, and tries to harm him and tries to kill him. And Jesus has these words in verse 19, O unbelieving generation, 
So what he's trying to do is get these people to believe. This is really about believing, having faith. And then down a little bit further in, um, in the passage, we see um, that they brought, the, they brought the boy to Jesus. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? In verse 21. From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help. This man asks Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help. If you can do anything. Can Jesus do anything? Yes. The answer is, for, if you're asking for a miracle, then Jesus can do it. Jesus can do it. If you can do anything, take pity on us and help. And then Jesus says, if you can, to the man, in verse 23, if you can, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. If you can, in other words, if you can believe, if you can believe, this boy can be well. You can find help. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed to Jesus, I do believe. Help me overcome my, my unbelief. Isn't that so? Uh, I mean, when it comes to faith and, you know, so many times in my life, I know, trusting God for something, it's like, it's like a coin, you know, heads and tails. There's, there's faith on one side and there's doubt on the other side. There's like, they're two sides of the same coin. Like there has to be, there has to be some element of, of, of doubt in order for it to be real faith. Like it has to be, there has to be some sort of impossibility in order for there to be real faith. There has, doubt and faith live together synonymously. You know, Peter, when he stepped down on the, on the water from the boat, there had to be doubt right there, crying out, no, it's not going to work. No, it's not going to work for faith to be real and strong in that situation. There had to be real faith and there had to be doubt together. But this man, he comes to Jesus, he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Because obviously it wasn't enough faith to see his son well. Jesus ends up healing the boy and everything's okay. But it's just beautiful to know that we can come to Jesus with just a tiny little bit of faith and he can still come through and do what we couldn't. He has, he, he has enough faith to uh, fill up where we lack. So that's faith. Faith for a miracle. Faith, faith for a breakthrough. But also, you know, faith is... Um, the only way we can be saved. In Romans, we've been studying Romans lately too, and in Romans verse 17, it says, For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. In other words, from faith to faith. We come to know Jesus by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10. Faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God or the gospel of Jesus, the good news about Jesus. So we, we have faith to enter into that salvation and that relationship. But we need to increase, to, to grow in faith from first to last. And it's a faith that's been revealed from God through the gospel. And the righteous will live by faith. Will live by their faith. John 3.16 says, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him, this, this, that word in there for believes isn't just like a crossing over the line belief. It's not like I was in the, the kingdom of darkness, now I'm in the kingdom of light. It's actually a belief that continues it's a continuing belief. Whoever continues to believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The way, the way, to, um, the way to please God, faith. The way to experience a breakthrough in your life, faith. The way to uh, grow in your relationship with God, faith. The way to overcome uh, struggles in your life or in temptation, faith. Just believe. It attracts Jesus' attention. It attracts the supernatural into your life. And Jesus follows faith. Now, not that Jesus is going to follow me. I'm following him. That's, that's always going to be the case. But he's attracted to the parts of my life where I believe. Where I have faith that is the substance of things that aren't seen. The, the thing, the, it's the evidence of what I hope for. It's, faith is, is more sure thing in the kingdom of God than the actual created thing is that I hope for. That's how, that's how we should see faith. Jesus sees faith as a priceless commodity in his kingdom. He, he's attracted to it. Anywhere there's faith, Jesus is attracted to it. Just simple faith. Faith for salvation. Faith for a relationship with the Father. Faith for a miracle. Faith just for daily life. Faith is not just mind over matter either. It's not just this mind over matter business. Um, it's not just a mental assent to a list of doctrinal truths. You know, James chapter 2. I want to finish on this passage tonight. James chapter 2. And um, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You know, that's the faith that we're looking for, the biblical faith, a faith that says, I actually believe that Jesus can, can, uh, can do immeasurably more than I can ever dream or imagine. But it's also a faith that continues believing that. A faith that not just in your head, not just mind over matter, but it's actually, it, it leaks into your life. It, it shows by your actions towards others. 
It says, it says, I believe in God, so I'm going to make this step. I believe in God, so I'm going to go ask him for this miracle. I believe in God, so I'm going to reach out and touch the hem of his cloak. I believe in God, so I'm going to follow him and give him all of my heart. I'm going to pray, and I think, we'll keep, I think that'll do for tonight. I think that'll do for tonight. What do you reckon? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you're not finished with any of us, uh, that you love us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he died on the cross for our sins and he made a way where we couldn't make a way. And we believe that. We just believe that. And Lord, it's not just a mental um, belief. It's actually, hopefully, a, a life of belief. Um, a faith that's uh, from first to last. A faith that keeps on believing. And Lord, I thank you so much that you have, you actually have uh, more faith <laughs> than us. And that when we, when we lack faith, like that father with his son, um, we, when we desperately need breakthrough or a situation to happen and we, we feel powerless, that you're actually not powerless. And you can make up for where we lack. But Lord, I pray that um, you would continue to grow in us a desire to believe, to just believe for the impossible, to believe that you are able to use ordinary people to do great things, and that, Lord, that you are the one that we set our hearts on, and that people will see that you, you can do the same thing for their lives as well. Lord, help us to be believers. Help us to, to have faith and to show that faith for your glory. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen.